Hello and welcome to the Own Your Role podcast. I'm your host, Dean Watt, and I'm your guide to exceptional leadership and dynamic culture in your business. Join me each week as we explore practical tips through fun and fascinating interviews with successful business owners who've mastered the art of leadership. Over the last 20 years as a keynote speaker, author, and high-performing team transformation specialist, I've been fascinated by what it takes to create a great culture and dedicated team members in a business. When leaders truly own their roles and empower their team members to do the same, a great culture is always the result. So whether you're on your couch or in your car, on a treadmill or hiking up a hill, get ready to be inspired and entertained as you learn exactly how to own your role. Welcome to Own Your Role podcast. I'm so excited to share some more information with you on how you can actually grow your business by interviewing interesting entrepreneurs. And today is no exception to that. So before we get started in today's show, I want to remind you to subscribe and remember to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. I absolutely love it when I go to events and I get to hear from you live of how you've listened to a certain podcast or that person, that interview uh, that I had touched your life or helped you understand things in a different way. And that that's the goal here at the Own Your Role podcast. And that's the reason I have the entrepreneurs on that I do. And today is someone who is in my lane in the sense of I've been working in the orthodontic field, as many of you know, for the last decade. And I always love finding people who are entrepreneurs already because they're in practice for themselves, but said, you know what, I want to add even more to that plate that I already have full of and figure out another business to make my colleagues or somebody else's life easier. And today we have Dr. Amy Jackson on who's going to talk to us about her company, Retainers for Life, and how she's been able to help doctors get more time back in their life, plus also help parents of children who have retainers not have to worry about going into the doctors every single time. But we'll learn more about that as we get into the uh, process. But the big reason why I wanted to have her on is because I always like people who think outside the box and to share their experience with other people in any field. Because whether you're in orthodontics or not, you can understand how to think outside your box by listening to other people, what they've done in their business. And I feel like I built my career around watching other industries, whether it be big Fortune 500 companies or small mom and pop shops and seeing what I can do different in my business. And that's why we're bringing her on today. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode and you're going to enjoy the conversation we get to have. And if you're watching you know, you're going to enjoy the ability to see us interact with one another. So that being said, let's welcome Dr. Amy Jackson to the show. Welcome. Thank you, Dino. Appreciate you having me. Uh, I'm super excited. And, uh, you know, I've been a fan of Retainers for Life for a while. Like I said, it's part of the industry that I work in. And although not everybody that I interview on the show is from the orthodontic or dental field, there's always a, a, a through line for the people that I interview, which is them deciding to be an entrepreneur in another unique or different way. And I would love to start off as we always do on the show with your story of how you got to become an an, uh, orthodontist and then also why you chose to take it to a whole nother level with adding another business to the business you already have. So for sure, happy to, to walk you through my journey. Um, you know, having a daughter who is in her freshman year in college, um, I feel like I've rewound back to the beginning. And, you know, the funny thing is I really didn't set out to be an orthodontist. I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. Um, sometimes I even feel that I'm a little bit of an entrepreneur imposter, um, but it all just kind of progressively happened. And so oh. my story's off and I tell my daughter this a lot that I changed my major in college four times and I tell her that so that she won't be stressed and she won't be worried that you can course correct and change and change your mind as many times as you need until you find the place where you feel comfortable and um, the path that's meant for you right and I think that's important for all kids to know I feel like there's so much pressure on kids nowadays to choose what they're going to do for the rest of their life when they're 14 years old which is unrealistic in my opinion. So, yeah. um, so I was no exception there. Um, I come from really an uneducated background. My dad was the first person in his entire lineage to graduate from college. And after that, I was the second. So it was um, going to school and higher education was a, a bit foreign. Um, but I am a, I am a 
through and through nerd. I love learning. I love going to class. I love reading. I love learning from other people's experiences. And at almost 48, I am the exact same as I was when I started off in college. So I still love learning from others and love growing and love reading and, and all of that. So definitely a true, I might not be an entrepreneur at heart, but I'm definitely a, a nerd at heart. So um, ended up in dental school after shadowing a dentist um, by the name of Kent Star in Waco, where, which is where I went to school at Baylor undergrad and thought it was intriguing. Um, really liked what he was doing with his hands and his interactions with his patients and thought, you know, this kind of ticks all those boxes for me and, and might be a good fit for me. So through a caution to the wind, applied to dental school and um, was accepted. And kind of same thing. I expected to just get through dental school and, and be a dentist and, and live a happy, balanced life. And um, it, after my sophomore year, I worked in a lab in dental school where we were sequencing for a signal factor that uh, turned into patients who were congenitally missing teeth. And mm -hmm. enjoyed my experience in the lab, but what I, what I really loved about it is I got to see the orthodontist become kind of the quarterback for the dental journey for these families from what the restorative was going to look like, what the timing of the restorative was going to be, if they were going to canine substitute for the missing laterals or open up spaces. And, and that really intrigued me. And, uh, and that's how I ended up down the path of, of orthodontics. And so getting out of residency, uh, again, I, I wanted to put my head down and work, learn and grow. And what I found is inside the the practice of orthodontics, one of the things that I really loved is running the business. Mm. I felt like this is, this is challenging. This is interesting. This is something I didn't learn about in college or in dental school. And it really stretched me. And again, just my nerd at heart just was like, oh, okay, more to learn, more to understand. And, um, and so I really, I really wore the business hat with pride and, and tried to understand all the intricacies of running a business and saw lots of opportunity. I, I still see, as I know you do as well, so many opportunities inside of our industry and inside of our businesses. Sure. We as have a tendency to really do things the way it's always been done, mm -hmm. which is path of least resistance and sometimes works like a charm, but there are definitely avenues in every area of our businesses that could be polished and improved. And, um, and so that, that excited me inside the practice. And then that kind of brought me to retainers and the problem that they were inside the practice. And so my journey here is not, not unique in, in the sense that every orthodontist has experienced exactly what I, I'm going to describe to you. And that is you spend a lot of time and energy and money acquiring the patient. And then you spend the next several years really trying to create this raving fan, this uh, patient, parent, family that respects you, that appreciates you, that looks up to you, that feels like you have their best interest at heart. And in, up until the time they get their first retainer, still feel that way about their orthodontic experience and their relationship with the orthodontist, which was me. Um, but there is a turning point, and that turning point is when they lose their first retainer and you have to tell them the bad news that it's going to cost them $300 a piece, um, $300 per retainer to replace the $6,000 investment that they've made in their child's mm -hmm. beautiful. And so I saw this happen over and over again in the practice. And there was one instance that really stands out to me. And it was my son's best friend who had gone through phase one treatment with me. And he lost his first retainer. He had a Holly retainer at the time. And his birthday party had been the week before, which my son and I had been at. So he comes in the office the next week and tells me that he's lost his retainers, no idea where it is. Mom, mom, you can tell is aggravated. And she looks at him and says, okay, well, you're going to have to use your birthday money to buy a, a new retainer. Ooh. I, I felt 
my son's best friend was mad at me. Um, and so that, that to me was the turning point when I thought, okay, I know there's a better way and I'm going to spend some time and energy to figure that out. Wow. Wow. Thanks for explaining all that to us because a couple of things I see there. Number one, I love that you didn't go into it actually thinking you're going to be an orthodontist. I usually, I mean, I've interviewed over 120 orthodontists or dentists and I talk about that journey and it usually comes down to they're either somebody who like their dad or their grandpa was an orthodontist. They had some traumatic experience when they were a teenager or a child and the orthodontist helped them out so much they got intrigued by it. excuse me, or they had no idea what they wanted to do or that they were going to go into the field. And it just, they found something, they fell in love with it and they, it, it, they went towards it. So I love that that's part of your journey as well. And I, I really appreciate, I want to go back to what you said about course correcting. I think that that is absolutely true. So many people, even later on in life, yes, we see this with these 14 year olds and the 21 year olds, and you got to decide what you're going to be for the rest of your life. And what's, interesting to me about that coming out of your mouth as an orthodontist is I tend to see that right with people who are maybe unhappy with the choice they made, but they made it 20 years ago or 15 years ago and they got the debt, they got the building, they got the business and they can't change it. So they're stuck in that. And so how do we create the joy and happiness that will sustain them until they decide to retire or sell or whatever. But I think that's, really anybody that's listening to the podcast right now can can relate to the idea of oh once i you know made a decision is that the only decision i can make for the rest of my, my life can i pivot is it okay to pivot so i think that's really really uh important to to think about in in our, our journey when it comes to building a business on top of a business what's interesting is that you love business and so how difficult was it to make the decision to build a business on top of the business you already built? <laughs> uh, so it just, it just happened. I don't know that it was a conscious, do I want to have two, three jobs at the same time? It was, it, it really was something that I started in the office, this retainer replacement program. And I had so much success with it. And there became this demand within my patient population that I realized I was onto something special. But then I hit a wall. I hit a wall inside the practice where I realized I had bit off a, a little more than I could chew trying mm-hmm. to replace all of these retainers for my patients in-house with the current team that I had, trying to um, ship them somehow to the patients. It was running a business within a business, and that was was hurting my primary business, which is being an orthodontist. And so at some point I realized this is so good, I can't not share it, but there's a better way to do it. And that's when I I put my head together with people that are much smarter than myself and realize that I needed to commercialize it, create a bigger platform, share it with my colleagues, but make it easier for them than it was for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where it sounds like it was a had to be done type situation, right? Had to, had to create that in situation. Your love for business is very interesting to me as well because of this idea of, so many people in your uh, situation, you're not taught business in school. No one gives you all the blueprint for business. It's basically like you said, copy and paste what the person before you did or just be stuck in the same old routines because it worked before, but not really a lot of innovation. How has your love for business helped you innovate in both of your businesses, but especially in the orthodontic space? Well, in my love for business really drives me. It drives me to understand my business better. Mm. And I really think as orthodontists, we have to get better about not just working inside of our businesses, but spending the time to work on our businesses. Um, Because I love the business side, I really love reading business books and listening to business podcasts. And, um, and from that, that helps spur ideas that I can then 
litmus test inside my own business. So it's kind of fun. I mean, it's, it's a, a project for me and I have a business that I can, that I can try different things inside of, which is, is pretty rare. Really interesting. I was actually on a call earlier today with a client who that was the fear, right? Of, oh man, but what if this happens? What if that happens? And I was talking about how, yeah, the idea is to think of what do you want and then reverse engineer that. And of course stuff comes up, but if you know what you want and that's the ultimate goal, you'll never fail at something. You'll just learn something about what either worked or didn't work. I'm very curious then, can you give us an example of something that you've done maybe that's outside the box of your business or something that you heard from another industry or a podcast or a book that you went, oh, I want to try that in my business and see how that works. Is there anything come to mind? Oh, that happens all the time. Um, (laughs) It drives my team crazy. I know it it (laughs) not excite them at all. Uh Oh, Um, doctor got a new book. Beware. (laughs) (laughs) From a meeting and they told me about this, but this is what we're going to do. So, yeah, it happens all the time. Customer service is one of those that are constantly swirling in my mind, right? What, how can we create this wow factor? What is going to make mom leave the office and go, whoa, they they were doing this over here. This was my experience. Nothing. I can't think of a specific example there, but I can give you another, another example. So um, this year, I've really worked on capturing the adults, the mm-hmm. adult population that comes that walks through the office, but didn't come in as a new patient. And so there are a couple things that, I, that I've been experimenting with. And um, again, I see everything as, as a mini experiment. So what I'm doing is I'm testing three different things all at the same time to see kind of what shakes out. And so because I have two treatment coordinators, I'm able to test two different theories inside the new patient exam, and then one with my clinical team members. So what I'm doing inside the new patient exams is there's a video that goes to, so the example is a mom or dad bringing their child in, their adolescent in for a new patient exam. So before the new patient exam, they get a video that's pushed to their phone that says, as a thank you for bringing Johnny in for his appointment today, we're going to um, do a quick two minute scan of your teeth and make some complimentary bleach trays for you with two bleach tubes included. And so they've been prepped that that's going to happen and they've, um, they know Love it's going to take a couple to get the scan. And then um, we get to scan the patient. And my treatment coordinator has been uh, taught to then say, hey, have you ever noticed whatever it is? This tooth is a little You've got a little on this tooth. Uh, Your teeth aren't touching all the way on the left side. And that's all she says. And then she lets the parent kind of guide the conversation from there. And that so far has been very successful. And I love it. Because I'm pitting my two treatment coordinators uh, against each other. So I I will keep you posted as to which one is going to win. I'm actually going to be talking at the AAO a little bit about this. So my other nice. treatment coordinator, what she does is we have a, um, I created a sheet that talks about all of the benefits of adult orthodontic therapy. Mm. And so when the mom comes in with that treatment coordinator, my other treatment coordinator, at the end of the consultation with her child, she hands over the sheet. And I think it has eight to 10 bullet points on um, on the advantages of having adult orthodontic therapy. And then what my insurance coordinator does is she verifies the adult benefits. And so my treatment coordinator takes that sheet, says, um, I just, I'm going to slide this in to go home with you. Talks about the benefits of adult orthodontic care. Um, Dr. Jackson specializes in adult orthodontics. And this is how much uh, your insurance uh, will cover of that care. Just let me know if you're interested in looking at that more. So uh, we'll see which one comes out as the winner. Um, And then the other thing that I'm doing with my clinical team is I've created a postcard that will accompany the the adolescent out of the office to mom. Mom gets the postcard that talks about uh, the benefits of orthodontic care has a QR code with my video on it talking about the advantages of orthodontic care and then it has reduced pricing for uh, aligner care so there's uh, three tiers uh, of pricing 
I think the top tier most expensive has 12 aligners included. Then the next one is eight and the next, the the lower one is four and we'll see, um, see what we get as far as feedback there. So constantly testing things inside of the practice based on where I see opportunities. Um, and also just trying to be, trying to be unique with what we do. Uh, and I say unique, stealing things from other industries. Yeah, totally. Um, to, to relay into our business. Listen, I think that is so wise. I used to uh, talk about this from the stage and with clients for sure when I would talk about Smile Direct Club, that a lot of people were like the big blue or the big purple, whatever, scary thing. And I've actually went through Smile Direct Club's uh, process. I ordered their retainer or their aligners. I did the whole, I actually wore them for three months and let them mess up my teeth. And I can speak about this now. I do it publicly anyways. First of all, I'm not an orthodontist. Second of all, I am a client. And so I can say, this is what happened and this is a challenge. But what I did it for was to prove the point that that company spent millions of dollars on market research on what people would or wouldn't do and what would get them to say yes to treatment. Why would we as a industry not utilize that and duplicate it in the way that we can? So I love that you are rinse and repeating or finding stuff that's unique and different in the in the practice. The bleach trays for while you wait for your the adult patients or for the parents is it works on so many levels when it comes to influence, the law of reciprocity, the surprise, they're not expecting it all of that plus it they leave there with something that they can say no other office did for them it's sets you apart from everybody else and i love that you're willing to try things i think a lot of times it's it's hard for business owners to try new things worried about what if it fails instead of well what if it succeeds like what if this is the thing that separates us so i love that you're doing i love that you're doing competition against the two tcs to figure out like who's going to get involved and and by the way i i think that there's this misconception that sometimes we can't ask ourselves people our tcs to do something new and different and unique because that's not the way it's always been done but this gives them a variety to be able to play with and try new things and see what works and make everybody's life easier. And in our industry or in a industry right now, in the world right now, you need to find what is going to be that edge, that cutting edge that's going to give you all the difference when it comes to the competition that's out there. So I love that you're doing stuff like that. What I has- agree. Good. And I appreciate and I'll just say for all the orthodontists out there that um, my treatment coordinators, every anybody in my office, every time I ask them to do anything new and different, they do not. There is a lot of resistance. And so sometimes it oh, takes. Oh, good. I'm so glad you said that. Me presenting the idea and then them reminding them that I presented the idea. Uh, what I've learned through the years that I think is really important is to give them choices. Mm. So I'm thinking about doing either this or doing this. You tell me which you think would work better. Um, it's helpful if they have buy-in. At the end of the day, you are the boss. And sometimes you just have to tell them, look, this is what we're doing starting November 1. And we're going to try it for three months. If, if it falls flat, that's fine. But know that there's going to be something else that we try after that. Listen, I'm so glad you said that because I know there are people listening in their car on the treadmill ride. It's like, well, you must have really people who agree with you on everything and must be nice to have that TC. And as opposed to, no, they, I, they still give the pushback. They still get it. But as you said, at the end of the day, we need to, this is why we're doing it. Give them the vision, the idea, the focus, give them the timeline, get your best effort in there. And what happens most of the time, something ends up being the way we always do it instead of uh, this is so hard and this is so challenging. And I love that you're, well, I actually want to ask you this. Do you have something like that, that you've tried over the years that failed miserably, but you learned something really powerful about it uh, from it? I'm going to have to think about that one. Can we come back to that? Okay. We'll come back to it if we remember, but I always love to look at, you know, not everything's going to be a a knockout of the park, but if there's something that we can learn from, from the, Oh, we tried that didn't really work well. People didn't like it or whatever. Great. But we learned was this, you know, on that side of things. So many examples. I, 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 so one that comes to mind is I was trying to be more efficient at one point with um, my Invisalign aligner cases. And uh, when I started out, what I would do is deliver two aligners. And then um, at aligner three, I would put attachments on. And I thought, you know what? I'm kind of wasting an appointment 
why don't I just make that first appointment longer and put the attachments on and do all of the instructions at tray one. And I tried that for a little bit and it was a disaster. Mm. It was just too much for them all at once. They couldn't get the trays out. Some of them were in tears. Mm. Uh, so that, that, that definitely fell flat. <laughs> um, and that's one example of many. Sure. Well, let's pivot to retainers. I mean, this is the second business that you brought in. Like I said, any business owner that goes, hey, I'm already running a business and that's already a challenge. Let's add another business to it. Uh, they're either you know a glutton for punishment or they're, they're visionaries. And I bet you fall within the visionary category. So for those people that don't know, or if you haven't had the experience of this, you get the retainers after your treatment. The point of the retainers is to make sure that the 18 to 24 plus months that you wore the braces, wore the aligners, helps make sure you keep that smile, that investment for the rest of your life. And there are people who right now are not wearing their retainers from when they had treatment when they were younger, which is, by the way, another reason why I love the the bleach trays idea, because then you can also go on to the, hey, so have you noticed this? Did you have braces before? Are you wearing retainers? No. Oh, did you know that we can actually print you some more retainers? But, you know, it's just a great segue. So when it came, we talked about why you got into this business. What has been the biggest reward and biggest challenge of starting a secondary business on top of this business? Um, so besides the obvious time constraints, mm -hmm. um, you forget conveniently how challenging and how stressful it is to start a business from scratch. Mm. Uh, and, and unlike in orthodontics where there are, there's a guide, a rough guide, um, when you have a startup, there is absolutely no guide there. It, you are reinventing the wheel from the first lug. Um, and so that is very challenging. And then, you know, making sure you hire the right team and they're all in the right seat on the bus. Very, very challenging. Um, and then there are so many things that you just didn't predict that blow up in your face mm. and, and you have to learn how to, as we talked about before, how to pivot, how to course correct, and how to have the mindset that, okay, I'm not going to let this defeat me, but I'm going to let this be a learning lesson to propel us forward. And it's taken a while to get there, and there's still a lot of stressful parts of it. Um, one that I really didn't see coming is this I'm getting a retainer in the mail or basically delivered to my bathroom and I've got all kinds of questions or I'm unsure of something and there's no doctor there to hold my hand and say, it's okay if it makes your teeth sore when mm. you put it in. It's okay if it's a little tender pinches here. Um, so lots of frantic calls from patients saying it doesn't fit right, it's too tight, uh, it hurts my teeth. Well, it's going to hurt your teeth, especially if you haven't worn anything for a week or two. Yeah. Uh, one of the things we did predict is patients not being as truthful as they could be about when the last time was that they wore their retainers. <laughs> wow, that's shocking. <laughs> so we had a lot of levers in place that we could pull for that. But just more prepared for the, it doesn't fit right, it doesn't feel right, it's too tight. Um, and then we ask for images and it fits It fits exactly the way that it should. It's, it's polished beautifully. Um, so learning now to get in front of that and to manage that, that um, a little more efficiently. Obviously um, in this type of business, shipping has been a huge concern, especially, you know, pandemics and, and, and UPS went through an issue. And, um, and so, so that has been something that we've had to, to get on top of, but, you know, our, our job as a company is we've got to produce a superior quality product and we've got to get it into the hands of the consumers as quickly as possible, which is something that I had never dealt with before. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I, I feel very fortunate because I have an amazing team around me that believes in the vision that cares about what we're doing, that's going to make it right with the patient and when the with the doctors that partner with us. And from that, there's been a lot of success. 
Yeah, because you're now representing the the doctor partners that you have as another kind of extension of them and holding up to their promise that they made to their patients when they first signed them up. Let's walk through the process of what this looks like. So I am a parent. I just had little Johnny get his braces. He just got them off. Now he's going to get retainers from, from my doctor, from uh, Dr. Johnson. How do you play? What, what part do you play now in my continued treatment? Yes. So from, we really have two customers. So right now we're talking about um, from the viewpoint of the patient who's the customer. Yes. Uh, So once we get to the end of treatment, we, um, I, I, as the parent give contact information to my orthodontic care provider um, and the orthodontic care provider then places the order based on their specifications as to what type of retainer that they want for the patient, what material they want used, what type of cut they prefer. And that is all dialed into the system for the patient on the patient's behalf. And so now as mom, when my son loses his retainer, cracks his retainer, can't find his retainer, has a retainer that looks brown and green, I can then go on the computer and um, go to the dedicated site, enter my contact information, log in and order as many replacement retainers as I want. And then those are shipped directly to me and in my mailbox within five business days. What we've found, which I think is really interesting and speaks again to the busy consumer, is that the majority of our orders are placed between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. on the website. Wow. Uh, which again, uh, I think speaks to the need for a service like this that allows allows consumers to order when it's convenient for them. Yeah, you know, that makes sense, right? Mom's finishing up her day, kids are in bed and mom's going through that, that secondary list that's in her head, right? The first list is how to keep my kids alive. The second list is all the stuff that dads don't even think about. I know I'm being completely stereotypical, but I'm a dad, so I can say it. Uh, but that's where oh light bulb uh, it's 10 o'clock it's 11 o'clock i need to order or or as they were going to bed little johnny says oh by the way mom i lost my retainer yesterday or two days ago and because she recognizes not wearing it and she can go on i love the analogy of it being like amazon where i can go 24 hours a day and go and order that i can take that off my list not worry about it and i'm going to get that sent to me so you mentioned two customers that's the first customer second customer is the doctor Yes. So how does that work if I'm the doctor and now I no longer have to deal with the retainers or losing retainers, but still know that they're being taken care of with getting the retainers and and making sure they don't mess up this wonderful smile that I created? Yes. So I think there are two things that are important to me as the orthodontist. Um, And the first is I feel like by providing this to my patients, it shows Um, a level of care that I really couldn't extend to them before. Um, So I don't just want your money up front. I don't want to just get Johnny's teeth straight and beautiful, but I really care about protecting that investment Mm. um, that way for as long as possible. And through this program, I've made it as easy as possible for you to replace the retainers. Um, For my adults, they just really honestly want fresh retainers. And so a lot of them will will, um, opt into an auto ship program where they get a fresh one every year or two years because they're wearing their religiously. They have a a different level of care because they invested their own money in their and they want to keep it that way and they're going to do what it takes um, to, to, to make that happen. Um, so there's that. And then, and then ideally there, there are, are not as many retainer emergencies within my practice because a lost retainer now is not an emergency. You don't need to call my office. You go online and you order it online. A cracked retainer is not an emergency for me. It's an emergency for retainers for life, um, but you can go through that company to handle all of those for you. So I love um, the term that you use that it's really an extension of my practice. So I'm still face front 
it's still me. Um, I'm still your doctor. If you need a new scan, that's me. If you need relapse treatment, that's me. Um, but all these little ticky tack appointments that take up a lot of time, um, have now been outsourced to retainers for life. Um, so not only does it help time, but it seems to me that as a business, it's getting rid of some, for lack of a better word, minutia that sometimes you have to deal with. You have to spend man hours and taking care of it. And now they're being able to outsource it, which is the ultimate goal for most businesses. How can we outsource or delegate something to someone else? Yes. And, and the thing I think that's really unique about the company is most companies that you use as an outsource companion um, or you delegate to them cost you money. And this company is actually the opposite. So you're delegating to retainers for life. You're outsourcing those, those retainer headaches to retainers for life, but then they pay you <laughs> for taking on that, that headache. Yeah, that's a very interesting model. And I'm glad you brought that up because one of the things that I found very interesting when we first were talking and I found out more about your business is that model is very unique compared to a lot of the other models that are out there. So explain how that works as me, the doctor business owner hiring or outsourcing to Retainers for Life. Yeah. So when you become a partner doctor, um, you are going to sign up your patients as Retainers for Life members. Uh, the patient is taking on the financial burden of the membership, which the membership fee is set by you, depending on a lot of different factors. Um, but some of it comes down to practice DNA, some that comes down to demographics. But whatever you feel comfortable charging your patients, um, we will we will work with. Um, as the doctor, then we provide your end of treatment retainers for you for free. Um, so that is part of what the patients pay for on your behalf. Um, and then you are paid uh, for the work that you've done, for the scan that you've done that is then uploaded to our secure cloud. And you're paid on every single patient membership. Um, and it's it's a large amount. And if you have um, if you're if you're utilizing it like our best practices are utilizing it, you're converting it around 80% inside your practice. And wow. um a good chunk of money um, in the bank every year. But not only the doctor, you're also rewarding, as we mentioned earlier, kind of competition with the TCs, the, the treatment coordinators, the people who are actually making the offer and doing the sale, you're rewarding them as well. Yes. Again, I promise you, as soon as you say to your team, there is this great company, it's called Retainers for Life. We're going to outsource these retainers and we're going to send them the scan and um, we're going to have a two day training. They're all going to roll their eyes at you. And <laughs> thing. And so our job is to come in and create raving fans of your team. And one of the ways that we do that is we financially incentivize them for the work that they've done. So again, as we're looking at this unique entrepreneur idea, you're taking a concept, number one, that is unique in the industry and in the sense of now outsourcing your retainers is not the most unique, but the way that you're actually going about it, the Amazon idea, and also the, the financial incentive of that so that you as a doctor, number one, can set your own prices. Number two, can actually be paid for doing work. And well, I actually just thought about this. So- I, as the doctor, six months, a year, two years down the road, I have a patient who goes to the portal, gets their new set of retainers. I'm getting paid then too. Is that correct? So you get paid on the one-time membership. On the one-time um, membership. The patient pays their membership fee, which is just a one-time fee. Got it. Then get paid on that. Awesome. So now I have another source of production that I can actually bring in for my business. I was just talking to another client earlier today about how to increase uh, productivity and production. And there's sometimes I think as business owners, we get trapped into the the boundaries of the ideas that are already set in, in front of us, like the fences that are in front of us. That's the only way we can play. And yet there are other ways to add resources, add revenue to our business that maybe we're not thinking about. So here's a really good one that also takes away the lab fees, the hiring some team member to actually do the lab in the back and all that stuff. And how do you, how do you deal with the objection? I know some people will say, yeah, but I'm making money already off of my retainers. That's a resource for me, which 
I think yes, and <laughs> there's yes. a resource and an expense there as well. So how do you have that conversation with? Because you're 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 a colleague, like you get it. Yeah, for sure. It's a great question. Um, I get this from a lot of dentists when I describe it to them. Well, why would um, why would honest do that if they're making money on their replacement retainers. Um, and it's easy for me to answer this question because I can tell you exactly what's been happening inside my office. So the first is I still have patients that don't opt in or didn't opt in, and I'm still getting those onesie twosies replacement retainers at $295 a pop. Um, but also inside my practice, I was making about $25,000 a year on replacement retainers prior to this program. Um, with the program, I'm I'm making four times that a year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And you have the... You, you you have the peace of mind of knowing that you have a resource that is taking care of your patients, sometimes probably to a higher degree than your team might be able to do it at that moment because they have this resource. Again, none of your team members are answering the phone at between 10 and 2 in the morning. Right, right. And one of the things that I love that you said is is – this is an area of opportunity, right? That I see as what I, if I put on my business owner hat is the lifetime value of a patient. And we have been terrible at, as an industry about not really creating opportunities for a lifetime value. We see the patient for their last retainer check and we're like, good luck with your life. And um, hopefully we'll see your children. Um, and, and this is one of the things that Smile Direct Club, as an example, taught us. 80% um, of their customers were prior orthodontic patients. Yes. So why, why were they going to this direct to consumer brand instead of coming back into our offices? I think there are a couple answers to that. Um, but the cool thing about this is because we're an extension of your practice, we are the first to know when they've relapsed and when their retainer no longer fits. Mm -hmm. Sometimes not care, but if they do, then we can drive them back to their original orthodontist, creating uh, more revenue off of that same patient. I think it's so smart. I, I think right now, we look at people who really study the millennial side of things who are our you know, newer moms, if you will, or our perfect age moms right now of kids getting uh, treatment, time and convenience. If you can give time and convenience, then you're going to win the game. And it's hard, I think, for some people to really wrap their heads around that because there is an ego aspect to it of no, they want to come in and see me or no, like, uh, you know, if, if they come in, I can razzle dazzle them and maybe get mom and do an ask for, for mom and maybe get her to get retainers. Okay. True. And time and convenience. Like they're yes. going to love you a lot more if you can give them more time and convenience back any day of the week. Yes. Um, and that is the, the orthodontists who are focused on that are going to be multipliers of the orthodontists that are not. Um, and yeah. it's hard. Some things that we do, I'm like, oh, I just don't know how we make this easier. The patron's in pain and they really, it's really going to take me 45 minutes to do this. And, um, but there are going to be innovative companies that come out and help us speak to that. And we have got to be ready to adopt and, and try, right? Yep. We make with some of some of the innovations but also i think it's really important to always keep our ear to the ground um we as a company as a startup we don't have a choice we have to keep our ear to the ground and we have to listen to the good bad and ugly um but we as orthodontists need to be better about that as well right why not ask mom when she comes in how could i have made today better and more convenient for you um what can you think of any ways that i could make this easier and more convenient for you. Let the consumer speak to us, ask the questions, and then tweak tweak our systems accordingly. I totally agree. I think it's one of the biggest missed opportunities we see in events or, or sorry, in businesses, which is just asking the question. So right now there's this in a lot of industries, not just the orthodontic industry, there's this idea and this, this truth that people are visiting multiple offices before they make a decision. Well, if we know that and they know that, why are we not asking the question, hey, so are we your last, your middle or your first 
appointment you're going to have. Oh, you're our last one or our first one. Okay. What can we do to make sure we're your last one? What, what needs to happen when you walk in here to make sure this is a no brainer, but yet it seems so obvious. It's not offensive. I, if somebody asked me that as a parent and said, what can we do to make sure that you never have to go to another orthodontist again, or that you don't want to go see another eye doctor or foot doctor or whatever. Oh, well, you know, and be able to say what I want to see and feel when I'm there. Cause that's what it is. It's the experience. Oh, it's just so saved her two more trips. <laughs> yes, totally. Right. Time and convenience, time and convenience. Right. So, quickly, what do you see as the future for you as this, as a unique entrepreneur that you are? What do, what do you see happening in, in the next, say, three to five years? Well, you know, I hope I continue to learn and continue to innovate. Um, inside of my orthodontic practice, what I'm currently working on and is stretching me is this um, airway-centric uh, care. Hmm. Um so I'm aligning myself with some of the best in the industry to really work on my diagnostics, um, the the knowledge that I have to treat what I'm seeing, and, um, and really help patients um, on both ends of the spectrum, young kids that uh, are not are not sleeping well, um, but then what is my solution for the adult patient population? So that's really what I'm working on clinically. That's that's stretching me and, and has been exciting. Um, on the Retainers for Life front, it really is continuing to build a business that every orthodontist says, this is a no-brainer. Why would I not do this inside my practice? And my goal has always been, or at least for the last couple of years, is to really change the standard of care when it comes to retention. Um, I think the old way is antiquated and it's really, really hard. You know, big ships turn slowly in the night and this ship is turning really slow. Um, <laughs> But I do think that this is just a better way. And um, and I hope that everybody will eventually realize that just organically, not me telling them, but this is more convenient for the patient. This is better for their long-term retentive care. And because of that, I want to do it regardless of whether I make a dollar or not. And this type of program, it doesn't even have to be my program, but this type of a program becomes the new standard of retention. Wow. Love it. Well, uh, you know, you have our best wishes and and best luck to, to you and all of that. And I know that with your drive and with your desire to continually innovate and be a real entrepreneur and your love for business, that's, that's no brainer. That's going to happen. So thank you for sharing so much about your business and whether it be retainers for life or orthodontic journey. I think that one of the greatest things that comes out of these uh, podcasts for me is hearing from people about the, the understanding of so much similar happening, meaning that I can relate, they can relate, whether they're in orthodontics or not, how to how you're building a business and the challenges, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and the hope of having a business that grows and continues to grow. We always end our show with four questions that I ask everybody. But before we get there, I want to make sure that people know how to reach out to you if they have questions for you about your process, retainers for life or anything like that. Where can they reach out to you? Yeah, so um, easiest website to go to is myretainersforlife.com. And from there, you can find any one of us, including myself. The orthodontic-facing website is afterorthorevenue.com. Patient-facing website is myretainersforlife.com. But again, you can go to myretainersforlife.com and find me or anyone in the team members that way. Um, also, they're welcome to email me, which is just jacksonorthodontics at gmail.com. Um, Google me. I'm sure I'm unfortunately there with a video or picture online. Love you know it. when I when I started this company, my goal was to work in the shadows. I'm really um, oh I'm really worker bee, and that's my place of comfort. Is you know put my hair in a bun and just get up and get to work. But unfortunately for me, when I hired my COO, she said, you know what, somebody's got to be the face and the name of this company, and guess what, you're it. So yep, um, you're the brand. So, so here I am, like it or not, but I'm I'm getting comfortable in the seat as we move through time. So um, I think it's pretty easy to find me these days. 
Well, I think you're a perfect fit and a perfect spokesperson for the company that is your dream and your baby. So I love it. So are you willing to answer the four questions? Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, They're based upon ROLE role. So what is the highest and greatest responsibility that you feel you have on this planet? Uh, Well, I have to say being a mom, um, you know, teaching my children, being there with love and support and guardrails, um, letting them fall on their face um, when it's necessary, but being there to, to pick them up. Love it. What do you want as the ultimate outcome for your life? I believe in a purpose driven life. I hope that the people who are close to me and around me feel that I have that I'm generous of spirit, and um, and I hope that's a thread in what I do every day. Is I, I really grow into the role as a giver and um, and touch people in a positive way. Nice. What do you consider true leadership to be? Oh, true leadership. Somebody who brings out the best in people and teaches teaches other people to, to find the leader within themselves. I love it. And lastly, there will be a day for all of us where we will have our final day on this earth. Hopefully that's a long time from now. But what experience do you hope or want to have between now and dead? That's a heavy question. I, you know, I, I just want to have, I think having peace and also feeling fulfilled, having lived a life that I I feel like wasn't selfish, but um, was meaningful and left a a good positive legacy for my friends and my family. Love it. Love it. Well, Dr. Amy Jackson, thank you for spending your time with us and sharing your journey with us. I know we've all learned so much from it and can have, we have all have takeaways that we can use in our own business. And I, I really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Dino. It was a ton of fun. And, um, we, have, we have an extra guest here. I love your big big dog right there. I just wanted to join in. He was like, I got to get some camera time. That's totally fine. Well, everybody, thank you again for listening to the Own Your Role podcast. And please reach out to Dr. Jackson. Even if you're not in the orthodontic space, you know, business owners can share so much information with other business owners and help support them and grow. If you have ideas or just have questions for Dr. Jackson, make sure you do reach out. And as always, thank you for subscribing and sharing this podcast with your friends and colleagues. That is the way we get to grow and spread the message that we have with unique entrepreneurs here on the Own Your Role podcast. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Dino. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Own Your Role podcast. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you're alerted for every new episode we release. And don't forget to write us a review and let us know how we're doing. You can also follow me on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, all the social medias. Just search at Dino Watt. And if you'd like me to come and help your team or audience learn to own their role in person, make sure you go to DinoWatt.com for more details. I'll see you on the next episode.